For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. It is hump day. We're halfway through, and this is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind. Our email address is Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Podcast at gmail.com. All right, a quick heads up about Friday's show, which is going to be a really big show, because we're going to talk to the Babylon Bee, which is the most brilliant satire site, which has also been canceled, suspended, and smeared all because they happen to be conservatives and people of faith, but mostly because they brilliantly skewer the left. Can't have that. Must be destroyed. These guys have a brand new book out, which is absolutely hilarious, like all of their other stuff. And one of their editors is going to join me for a very funny and important conversation about satire in the age of fascist enforcement against free speech. Their only crime at the Babylon Bee? Making fun of the left. Again, can't have that. Must be destroyed. So the Babylon Bee, this is a conversation you don't want to miss. That is coming up right here on Friday. Today, I want to focus on the January 6th committee because that BS is coming to a head. Of course, the BS surrounding President Trump and the America First movement never ends and will never end. Today, I want to break down where we are on all of it. And we are going to be joined here in a bit by Julie Kelly, who I have been very eager to have on this show for a very long time. Julie has been a totally dedicated champion of the January 6th defendants who have been languishing in prison for nearly two years. I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable. Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, uh, Bill Clinton, all of these, you know, left-wing Democrat communists, they just skate, they walk free, they commit all manner of crime, and they're just living their lives in fact, living their best lives. Did you know that Hunter Biden still has that house in Malibu on the beach, which you're paying security for to the tune of what, about $20,000 a month? I think Miranda Devine reminded us of that on Monday, right? So they're out there not just living their lives, but living their best lives. 
Hillary and Chelsea have this this uh, multi-million dollar deal with, I guess it's Netflix, for their new series about gutsy women. So again, they're out there living their best lives, and the January 6th defendants, who are normal Americans, patriotic Americans, who just want their country back, they have been rotting away in jail for almost two years. This is an absolutely horrific situation, and Julie Kelly has been right there with them, fighting for them, telling their stories, going to visit them in prison, talking to their lawyers, tweeting about it. She is a real heroine here, and she is going to join us with a blockbuster report. So let's get going. First up, though, the Monica Memo. So we've got Hurricane Ian, uh, which is making landfall in Florida, hitting Florida very, very hard today. This is a catastrophic storm, uh, and the damage, both human and in terms of property, is going to be just devastating So please keep our fellow Americans in your thoughts and your prayers today. Uh, We'll cover this on Friday if if there's a lot to tell, but uh, this storm is very bad. And you've got left-wingers across the board cheering it on because Florida is now a red state, so they are evil and wicked in every way. And they're out there going, oh, this is great that there's such a massive storm hitting Florida. Good, stick it to them. So their sentiments are just straight up evil. Uh, We, on the other hand, are full of goodness and light on this show. We are patriotic Americans, and we actually care about our fellow Americans, no matter what their political stripes are. Um, So please keep our fellow Americans in Florida in your thoughts and your prayers, and uh, we'll continue to cover this as the week goes on. Now, though, I do want to turn our attention to January 6th. Because uh, we let's just take a step back and look at this from a 30,000-foot viewpoint, as we always do on the show. Just as the Mueller investigation was the cover-up of the Russia hoax and all of the nefarious, illegal crimes that the deep state and others committed in order to try to destroy Donald Trump, cripple his presidency. And they succeeded in a lot of ways in doing that, but they had to break a lot of laws and cover up a lot of things to do that. The Mueller investigation was the cover-up of all of it. It bought time. It allowed them to delete and destroy documents, all kinds of incriminating evidence. The Mueller investigation allowed them to do that. So the investigation there was a cover-up of the Russia hoax. The Mar-a-Lago raid is the cover-up of the incriminating documents of the anti-Trump corruption at the DOJ and FBI. And the two fake impeachments of Donald Trump were the cover-ups of what they were all doing, especially the Biden crime family, and in particular in cashing in with Ukraine. So all of the things that they themselves are guilty of, they project onto us, and then they engage in these quote-unquote investigations, which are actually the cover-ups of their criminal activity and their unethical activity. All of these things are cover-ups of their crimes and has nothing whatsoever to do with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is just this shiny, bright object that they throw out there, accuse him of all manner of criminal activity while they themselves are doing it. And then they institute these investigations or these committees as the cover-up for their own crimes. And so it goes with the January 6th committee, which is a cover-up of the Fed's crimes, their framing of Donald Trump on January 6th, 2001. So the January 6th committee was going back into action this week because, of course, they are not done with their lies, smears, attacks, or or their cover-up which is what the committee actually is. But they postponed today's hearing. They were supposed to get going again today. I think today was supposed to be their final hearing on this. Their funding is wrapping up. And of course, they want to put out a big report that is just going to skewer Donald Trump and all of us by extension, certainly everybody there who was on January 6th, who was uh, at the Capitol and engaged in whether it was uh, some violent protest, which nobody is condoning, or was just there. This report is just going to blister everybody. And in fact, you might actually get a criminal referral out of this January 6th committee on Donald Trump to the DOJ. So that remains to be seen. 
But today, you know, they, they know that they were running out of time. And they want all of this done, of course, before November 8th and the midterm elections. So they were going to hold their final hearing today. Uh, but they postponed it because of Hurricane Ian bearing down. So they will do the hearing soon, probably next week, again, because time is getting very short and they want to stick this out there uh, with enough time before the midterm so that people can really absorb it and their wingmen in the press can go out there and amplify the message. Oh, hey guys, remember how dangerous the January 6th episode was? Remember how dangerous these America First uh, people are, enemies of the state? But they've got to give it enough running room between their report and then the actual election so that it sinks in and the press is beating that drum every single day. I wanted to get ahead of it today. They announced the postponement of today's hearing uh, late yesterday in view of the hurricane. But, you know, with the Democrats, everything is a big phony. The postponing of today's hearing shows exactly what this committee is all about. Yes, of course, it's about the cover-up. That's the much bigger issue. But more specifically, this whole January 6th committee, again, is a big phony. It's a big TV show, okay? They would have gotten bumped today for hurricane coverage, and that, of course, is going to take precedence over some congressional hearing. So they didn't want to get bumped. They didn't want to get pushed out because their message is just too important, so they pushed the hearing. You think they give a flying wit about the people in Florida today looking at this hurricane and, and suffering through what uh, what's going on down there? Of course not. Red state, they could care less. But they do care about getting proper coverage for their lies and smears and attacks. Remember that the J6 committee's top advisor is the former president of ABC News. This whole thing is a made-for-TV special designed to make Americans think that MAGA is some sort of terrorist movement. This is coming on the heels of Biden's Hitlerian speech and all of the insane, uh, unconstitutional stuff coming out of the DOJ, where just this week, they went in and raided a pro-life minister for doing sidewalk ministry uh, outside of a uh, an abortion clinic. And so they raided his family shortly before 7 a.m. He's got five kids. The kids were absolutely terrified. They sent in dozens of FBI agents to raid this man and haul him in on some trumped-up charges over nothing. Again, all of this stuff is geared toward intimidating and silencing you, dispersing the America First movement, which we have talked about extensively on this show, and it's also about creating half the country as enemies of the state so that they can then leverage the entire power of the state against you. So all of these episodes, like the FBI going after this pro-life minister, all of this is meant to send a shot across the bow to you that you better not even think about it. It's really about increasing the costs of being an America first populist or a conservative or even a Republican, increasing those costs to be that in public life because messages were coming for you next. Every single step since January 6, 2001 has been designed to achieve that goal. I mean, they did it certainly throughout Trump's presidency and after, but specifically on January 6th, it's all designed to achieve that end. People don't talk about this nearly enough, but 26,000 troops were deployed to D.C. after January 6th, 26,000. That's more than we're in our nation's capital during the Civil War, guys. More troops were in Washington, D.C. than were in Afghanistan at the time. The goal then was to convince people that Trump supporters are a grave threat to the country. And the January 6th committee's goal is to be a top-rated show about how Donald Trump is a terrorist leader. When the January 6th committee does find a slow enough news week to reconvene, probably next week, Will they talk about all of the federal informants among the crowd, certainly among the Oath Keepers, which were part of this group? 
Attorneys for the Oath Keepers in its sedition case, imagine they went after the Oath Keepers for sedition, those attorneys recently revealed that there were government informants among the group. Here's what they told the court, quote, the defendants are before this court with their liberty interests at stake. The government has paid individuals to gather information and evidence about the Oath Keepers and the January 6th defendants. The government has made use of some of that information and evidence in building its case for trial. Although the government has disclosed to the defense only after being ordered to do so by this court, the activities of five confidential human sources, it has communicated to defense counsel that only one will be called to testify as a witness at trial. So they, the government has admitted that on January 6th, they had paid government informants infiltrating the Oath Keepers. That's what we know about. How many other feds were part of this? Ray Epps, for example, on camera the night before, whipping people into a frenzy. We're going into the Capitol. We will go into the Capitol building, and yet no charges against him. No, he gets a puff piece in the New York Times doing their their wingman operation to protect the feds who were there whipping up the crowd and leading them into, uh, into the Capitol building that day. We've only heard a very small fragment of the actual truth, and that's why I'm so glad that Julie Kelly is going to join us here in a couple of minutes. She has been all over this. But I also want to bring in another angle. We have been talking on this show about how all of this is geared toward attacking Trump, right? Of course. So they commit crimes, and those crimes are then covered up by their so-called investigations. But this is, again, what the January 6th committee is really all about. But I want to tease it out as we do on the show. This is why you're here to talk about two bigger points, okay? The first bigger point, the bigger picture question here is why? Why are they on this relentless jihad to destroy Trump? Yes, of course, they hate his guts. They hate his style. They hate his uh, personal wealth. They hate his family. They hate that he's a populist and a conservative. They hate that he's got all of this organic uh, groundswell of support. They hate that he's got an emotional connection with the American people. They hate all of that. And, And of course, they've got to destroy him for that. But there's something bigger here, right? From the Russia hoax to the two fake impeachments to January 6th to the fake document dispute, it's all geared to destroying him because he's an existential threat to their absolute grip on absolute power in this country. But let's bump it up one step further. Why is he an existential threat? He is an existential threat to them because he exposed them all as total frauds who don't care one bit about you or the country, only in terms of destroying it and destroying you, but they only care about enriching and empowering themselves. And again, the fundamental transformation of the nation, that's what they care about, which will leave them in total control over you and the country. Trump exposed their dark ways and their dark objective, along with all of their corruption. And at the same time, he was actually solving America's problems. Here's what was really happening on January 6th, okay? Here is what was actually happening in the country on January 6th. Gasoline was a buck 93 per gallon. There was zero inflation. The supply chain was operating well. The economy was strongest in 50 years. The border was controlled and secure. The Taliban was not armed with U.S. military artillery. We had plenty of workers to fulfill labor needs. Unemployment was at or near historic lows across the board for every demographic group. We had plenty of workers to to go into the jobs, and so the labor market was roaring back after the uh, COVID pandemic shutdowns. The stock market was at record highs 
401ks had record high values and interest rates were at record lows. And by the way, we also had world peace, particularly in the Middle East, thanks to the Abraham Accords and thanks to Donald Trump. This is why the January 6th committee was impaneled. Those are the reasons why. And those are also the reasons why they keep going. They will not stop until they get him. He was delivering a thriving economy and world peace. Therefore, he must be destroyed. They are the fascists. They are the liars. They are the smear merchants. They are the destroyers. They are the fascists. They are the virus. Them. And you know what? All of this has real human costs. We're going to talk to Julie Kelly about all of it here just in a moment. But my friend, Dr. Simone Gold, who I will work on to to have on this show because she's been extraordinary uh, on both the virus, telling the truth about the virus and the shots. Um, But she was there on January 6th and they brought her to trial. She was in the Capitol building literally for one hour. She was there before she went in talking about the vaccine mandates and and how destructive um, and anti-human they were. And then she went into the Capitol building, literally stayed just about an hour, uh, but they got her on that. She was speaking through a bullhorn and they nailed her on that. And she spent some time in prison, just recently uh, just got out. But her communications director, a guy named John Strand, just yesterday convicted on five counts of entering the Capitol with her just to film her speech. Again, one hour in the Capitol, did not commit any violence, didn't break windows, didn't do anything crazy, went into the Capitol building on January 6th, spoke and stayed for about an hour and got out. He, five uh, counts uh, convicted yesterday, and she just got out of prison. I mean, this is the kind of absolute abuse of power that is being wrought against all of us here. And there are real human costs. We talked about Simone and John, but I mean, there are countless uh, January 6th defendants who remain in prison awaiting a trial, awaiting sentencing, the whole thing. And they have literally sent grandmas from Indiana into jail for an extended period of time after being tried. Even before being tried, they're still sitting there. This is an outrageous abuse of power. And yet, you know, there are very few people talking about it, including on our side. That's why I wanted to do this show today, to really shine the spotlight on what is actually going on around January 6th. This is a shot across the bow. This is a messaging event for the DOJ, FBI, for the regime, which infiltrated this group and really drummed up the violence and the unacceptable behavior that happened that day. Again, the committee is the cover-up for their crimes. When we come back, we're going to talk to Julie Kelly about all of this and get a full blockbuster report. Okay, so sit tight. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double, And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me. 
and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, as I said at the top of the show, I am so honored and delighted to have with me today a, a fierce and truly fearless warrior for truth, justice, and yeah, the American way, literally. Julie Kelly is a senior writer at American Greatness. You should be reading her stuff all day, every day. Their website is AM for American, amgreatness.com. And if you're not reading Julie uh, there, you need to fix that immediately because her stuff is incredibly important and she is exposing a lot of things. She's breaking a lot of news, which nobody else will go near, but is absolutely necessary for every American to understand. On social media, Julie is at Julie underscore Kelly to Julie underscore Kelly too. And Julie has also been and continues to be a righteous warrior on behalf of the January 6th defendants, the vast majority of whom did nothing wrong or committed very, very minor infractions and yet have been left to rot in prison for well over a year and a half many without due process, or a given lengthy prison sentence is way disproportionate to anything they may have done on January 6th. This is a true crime against the Constitution and humanity. And Julie Kelly has championed their cause from the start, when it was unpopular to do so, and when she was largely alone. So I am honored that she is here with us today. Julie, welcome. Monica, thank you. What a gracious and uh, generous introduction. Thank you so much. Well, it's all true. And to, to paraphrase Henry Kissinger in a different context, Julie, it does have the added virtue of being true. So I am glad that you're here with us today because we've got a lot to get to. And I want to start with the January 6th committee because they have fired up their kangaroo court yet again. They were supposed to hold their final hearing today, But Hurricane Ian is bearing down on our fellow Americans in Florida. And so yesterday they claimed that they were postponing it out of respect for the storm and and what our fellow Americans are going through down there. Um, But as I said at the start, they had if this storm were just a minor storm and they weren't going to get bumped off the airwaves uh, tonight for hurricane coverage, they would have gone ahead with today because it's a made for TV special to paint half of the country as domestic terrorists. Um, But they will hold this final hearing at some point, maybe next week. It rolls on. Tell us, Julie, because you have been so steeped in this for so long, as you have watched this star chamber, what has shocked you the most? Um, Gee, so many things. Um, I, I have to say what has shocked me is that this is not a fact-finding mission as they promised Congress and they promised the American people. Let's think about, Monica, what they've covered or uncovered allegedly versus what they have not. So they've had a testimony from low-level aides who made claims that cannot be substantiated. They've released text messages uh, between White House aides and other folks that have to do with the 2020 election that had nothing to do with what happened on January 6th. Um, And a variety of other uh, propaganda items, clips, uh, and interviews. But what they haven't uncovered, Monica, is really what happened on January 6th. They have not released uh, any substantial amount of the more than 14,000 hours of surveillance video that were captured by security cameras on January 6th that would tell the American people really what happened inside and outside the building that day. We haven't seen that. We have seen not a single record from Nancy Pelosi's office. Let's remember that it was Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, U.S. Capitol Police and D.C. Metro who were responsible for securing Capitol Hill that day, not Donald Trump. Why didn't they? Why did they deny numerous requests for extra, say, National Guardsmen? Why did they leave the Capitol building intentionally unprotected? What about all the Capitol Police officers we see on video and in photographs who let protesters into the building, did not arrest them, chatted with them? 
Uh, why did that happen? So there are a lot of unanswered questions. Who is the pipe bomber? How many FBI informants or other federal assets were involved before and on that day? None of those issues have been addressed. This is simply to criminalize criticism of the 2020 election to prevent state legislatures from enacting election integrity laws and to bully Republicans into thinking if you support this Republican Party and Donald Trump, you are an insurrectionist and a domestic terrorist. Yes. And this is a messaging event. As I've said, Julie, and I I did this at the top of the show today as well, that the January 6th committee is the cover-up for the government's crimes, for the left's crimes on that day in terms of infiltrating the crowd and encouraging them to to enter the building and commit acts of violence. Uh, And we're going to get to that in a minute. But you, you are exactly right that this has nothing to do with what they say it's about. It's actually about something far more dangerous and dark. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the surveillance cameras and you also mentioned the pipe bombs. So of course, Capitol Hill is one of the most surveilled areas in the world. And rightfully so, because we've got you know lawmakers there trying to carry out the nation's business. They're doing a hell of a job of it right now, Julie, as we know. But there, <laughs> there are a million cameras on Capitol Hill and yet we have not seen, the only footage we've really seen have come from people who uh, were attending uh, the, the uh, speech by the president on the Olympics and then marching to the Capitol. And then some people took um, uh, some footage of some of the activity going on on January 6th in the rotunda and elsewhere. But yet none of the official footage has been released. So tell us why. I, I mean, I think we all know why, but but tell us how we've got to that point where it, there's not really a lot of pressure being brought to bear on Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police to release any of this. Right. Because Monica, in March of 2021, the legal counsel representing uh, Capitol Police said that this trove of official footage. So as I said, 14,000 hours, uh, the government now says half of that relates to what actually went down that day in the Capitol building. Of course, as you know, Monica, Capitol Hill is huge. There's Senate buildings, there's House buildings, but this relates directly to the Capitol building itself. The general counsel for Capitol Police designated this trove of video as highly sensitive government material. If it got in the wrong hands, it could encourage other insurrectionists or terrorists to attack the Capitol again. DOJ, of course, happily went along with this. And the footage is basically under one massive protection order. And to the extent that clips are used in, say, pretrial detention hearings or, um, you know, in sentencing memos or in court proceedings, they also, until they are made available during court proceedings, they also are under protective order. So, of course, Monica, you know this. The government cherry picks little snippets, 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. 45 seconds, 60, that shows some incriminating behavior, doesn't show it happened beforehand, which specifically happened in one case of a former New York City police officer, they don't see what led to, say, a provocation between a protester and a police officer. But Monica, what that footage would show is what happened inside the building that day. Uh, How was the building set up? Why was it intentionally unsecured? Who set up, for example, the rope lines that led people from one end of the Capitol building to the other. Um, You would see instigators outside of the building early on. The biggest instigators that day, Monica, were Capitol Police and D.C. Metro. Yes. Who started attacking protesters outside the building at about one o'clock that day for no reason, throwing flashbangs, uh, sting balls, which released rubber bullets. The flashbangs led to two fatal heart attacks of two men, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, who died around 2 and 2.15 that day after they were hit with these devices. Uh, that's another huge uncovered story, uh, non-covered story that the January 6th committee also is ignoring. So we would get the real truth minute by minute, blow by blow of inside and outside the building. The question is, why do they not want to the American people to see it? Because they don't want to see this inside job 
They don't want the people to see this inside job unfold right before their very eyes. And you know what, Julie? I mean, it's all been an inside job against Donald Trump and, and all of us who have supported him, right? So as I as I have said repeatedly, that the Mueller investigation was the cover-up of the Russia hoax. And certainly January 6th in this committee is the cover-up of that. And the Mar-a-Lago raid is the cover-up of all of their incriminating documents on uh, Russia hoax and, and other attacks on Donald Trump. Trump and the two fake impeachment impeachments of Trump were the cover up of what they themselves were guilty of in Ukraine and so on. So yes, you're exactly right in that video footage, which they will not release. I mean, eventually we may see it, but they're not going to do it now while they still have an active political agenda going against Trump and, and really by extension, all of us. This committee, Julie, this lack of due process in the committee, no cross-examination, They're not doing any of that because if they were to allow that, then all of their lies and smears and unconstitutional tactics would be exposed and blown out of the water. So it really is a star chamber of sorts, right? It is. And that's exactly why, Monica, um, House Speaker Pelosi rejected the appointment of Representatives Jim Jordan and Jim Banks to serve on this committee because they did not want tough cross-examination by those two Republican lawmakers. So she rejected that appointment. And then, of course, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy pulled the other three Republican appointees. So Nancy Pelosi swooped in and and appointed the faux rhino Trump-hating Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. So there has not been a cross-examination. And Monica, I think that's why interest in this committee has dropped off everywhere except the city of Washington. D.C. Because people who originally were outraged or horrified by what they thought they saw on January 6th and really wanted to get to the bottom of what they believed, which is why the Capitol was unsecure. Who were these people? Why did they do this? How can we prevent this from happening again? I would say people who were naive about January 6th, but nonetheless trusting that this would be a legitimate fact-finding mission. Now that they see it's just more Democratic propaganda, you've got the same players, Adam Schiff specifically, who started, launched the Russia collusion hoax, of course, uh, pushed for the Mueller investigation, claimed that there was evidence of collusion that he never came up with and was the leader of the first impeachment, which to your point about Ukraine was the cover up of the Biden crime family, Mm -hmm. not a phone call with an alleged quid pro quo. So I think most of the American people see right through this. The problem for the Democrats, Monica, is that the Biden regime, DOJ, the media in this committee is ratcheting up expectations so high that Donald Trump, this will result in an indictment of Donald Trump, which I do believe it will anyway. But they have set expectations so high that if they don't indict Donald Trump, they the Democrats will pay a political price among their voters. They have wanted for more than six years to see Donald Trump in handcuffs for whatever reason. Uh, And this is really their last chance to do it. So the January 6th committee working arm in arm with DOJ, with the media to set these expectations and try to convince the American people that this is a legitimate investigation instead of their last Hail Mary chance to uh, to charge Donald Trump and put him in handcuffs. You know, you raise a really good and encouraging point, Julie, which is that this committee, despite having a former ABC News president uh, producing this for television and so on, the committee really hasn't moved the needle at all in terms of public opinion. You have the hardcore left and their wingmen in the propaganda press pushing this constantly. But the press, uh, you know, they've done their job. They continue to do their job on this um, in terms of spreading the big lie about it. Um, But the people, you're right, have fallen off. I think maybe there was some early interest on the part of the public, but now they realize that this is just another pack of lies in the attempt to destroy Donald Trump. And you know what? The left, you expect it from the left, but Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are really the worst kinds of useful idiots, aren't they? I mean, they're knowing idiots. They're not, they're not willfully blind. I mean, they're going along with this for their own reasons, but how despicable to to give an assist to the Democrat communists running this country into the ground, certainly running this committee. Yeah, Liz Cheney has to be just one of, has to be the most contemptible person in Congress. I would even set her above 
Adam Schiff, because you know what you're going to get out of Adam Schiff. You understand his political motivations. You know that he's a bad guy. Right. But for Liz Cheney to go around the country and put herself on such a pedestal and claim that she's doing this to defend the country. I mean, her interview with the Texas Tribune, their forum over the weekend was absolutely nauseating. She insists on portraying herself as this hero slash martyr trying to save democracy, whatever that means. She never can articulate in any legal or legitimate terms what Donald Trump did that makes him a criminal, how she is responsible for saving the country. Look, this woman just got routed in her Republican primary in August. The Her constituents, the voters of Wyoming, very roundly told her, we reject what you are doing. We want you out of office by two to one, more than two to one margin. Instead of talking about democratic policies, I understand her term runs through the beginning of January, but when you are so soundly rejected by your own voters, by your own constituents, you should do the right thing, as Liz Cheney likes to say, and step down. Get out of office. This is not what the people in the state of Wyoming voted for you to do. But of course, she's not. She is going to ring out the very last moments of her term as in, as Congress in Congress to continue her personal grudge match against Donald Trump. Let's be let's understand what Liz Cheney is doing. Donald Trump confronted the establishment neocon Republicans in 2016 when he specifically denounced the Iraq war specifically condemned George Bush and Dick Cheney for lying about weapons of mass destruction, said it was a colossal mistake that cost thousands, really, I mean, thousands of U.S. military lives, but certainly hundreds of thousands will never know how many innocent lives were destroyed Mm -hmm. and lost in the Middle East by their war. He was really the first leading Republican to do that on a public stage. This is Liz Cheney's way to refurbish her family's name, to uh, make people forget what her father did. And I I guess now she thinks she has some sort of platform to run for president in 2024 as an independent. This is all about Liz Cheney and the Cheney family has nothing to do with this country. She's actually doing more damage than doing anything to help a very dangerously divided country. Yes, it's a dangerous joke. It really is. And it, it's such, all of these people, they're, they're, Donald Trump just broke them, Julie. And it's really, it's, it's pathetic to see and it's disgusting. And it would be laughable if it weren't so dangerous for the country. Okay, Julie, please sit tight. There's so much more I want to get to with you. There's so many more outrageous things to mind with you and you've been all over it. More with Julie Kelly on the other side. First, so guys, listen up. I know that it can be really hard to eat healthy every day and how easy it is to forget to eat the doctor recommended six cups of fruit and six cups of veggies each day. I know I don't do it, which is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is powered with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what I need to stay healthy, to keep up the fight every day. Field of Greens works fast, tastes great, and if you're like me, you'll have more energy, you'll feel healthier, your skin will look healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. So join me now and take Field of Greens too. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your first order and another 10% off when you subscribe. So visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. We'll be right back. So let's turn to, and you you mentioned this, Julie, let's turn to the um, the committee's end game, which is clearly to make a criminal referral to the DOJ regarding President Trump. And the ultimate objective of that is to pre- prevent him from running again. So they have been invoking the word insurrection from the very start. Obviously, it was not an insurrection, not even close. I mean, these were grandmas from Indiana. I was at the Treasury Department that day at work for the American people, for the country. And I remember seeing the crowd and thinking, oh, these are just such wonderful, patriotic, normal Americans who want to stand up and fight for Donald Trump in his moment of need because he has taken so many slings and arrows to stand up and fight for them. So I 
I, I understand the dynamic of, of what gave rise to all of this. And it was a very emotional day all around. But the left has very smartly and cleverly invoked the word insurrection from the very beginning. Why? Because the 14th Amendment in the Constitution deliberately refers to insurrection as something that would bar someone from seeking high office or holding high office. So that's why they have honed in on that word insurrection and that characterization. Do you think that they will in fact be successful in moving ahead with this? Well, two things. One, making a criminal referral to DOJ for prosecution of Donald Trump. And two, with the insurrection and invoking the 14th Amendment, preventing him from ever running again for president. So great questions. Number one, I feel 100% confident that this DOJ will bring an indictment against Donald Trump, not necessarily related to the Mar-a-Lago raid. I believe that that was optics to try to uh, convince the American people that this was a real investigation, that he did something wrong. This will relate to what happened on January 6th. My guess is the charges will either be obstruction of an official proceeding, the most prevalent felony uh, charge in all January 6th uh, cases, or and or conspiracy. So that's what I think where this DOJ grand jury uh, indictment is headed. Will they try to use the 14th Amendment? I mean, prob- possibly they've attempted this against other lawmakers. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar actually was successful in the case of Cui Griffin, a New Mexico county commissioner. Um, you have an entire group that's going to court to try to convince judges that these people who are involved in the alleged insurrection should be prevented from holding office or running for office. So you are right. This is a whole well-funded movement afoot. I don't know if it will work for Donald Trump or not. Aside from that, though, Monica, um, of course, Donald Trump can run for office. There's nothing precluding him from running, even if he is charged, indicted, even if he's convicted. What it's intended to do, though, is diminish the base Uh, prevent people from supporting him, of course, and scare people off from pledging to work for Donald Trump if he is reelected, if he's elected again. So there are a lot of political motivations behind the scenes. Um, But this is a, this would be, of course, another unprecedented step by this DOJ, but this DOJ is out of control. Mm -hmm. This FBI is out of control. Mm -hmm. Monica, more outrageously from my coverage is the judges on the D.C. District Court These federal judges refuse to do anything but act as a rubber stamp for this DOJ. No one is holding their feet to the fire, making them prove their claims, making them prove these outlandish charges they're bringing against people. They're going along with outrageous sentences, prison sentences for people. Um, So there's no checks or balances. This is completely one-sided, which is why Donald Trump is really at risk of being indicted and convicted before a D.C. jury. You know, from the moment that he won the election in 2016, and they, they started hitting him with the Russia hoax and everything else, um, I was convinced that they they were not going to stop until they put the man in prison. They wanted to flip on its head. They wanted to invert the chant, lock her up, about Hillary Clinton, who actually does belong in federal prison for the rest of her miserable life, Julie. They wanted to flip that on its head and put Donald Trump in prison. And, and they're not going to stop until they succeed. Now, I don't know whether they're going to actually succeed in doing that, but I do agree with you that they are going to level a criminal referral to DOJ. Merrick Garland is, is going to take the, uh, the hot potato and I think he's going to run with it. I do. I don't think you know, there's nothing stopping them from doing this. I mean, we no longer have rule of law in this country. And to people who constantly say to me, oh, they're never going to do that. They didn't do it to Richard Nixon. Well, Nixon got pardoned by Gerald Ford, but they were after his scalp too, the same deep state enemies. I just did a long interview with Tucker Carlson for Tucker Carlson today on this subject. Mm-hmm. The deep state never stops when they are confronted with an existential threat, like a Richard Nixon or a Donald Trump and Trump even more so. So they're not going to stop until they put the man behind bars. And, uh, you know, we got a ways to go to, to we get there. But Julie, I mean, they've got their eye on the prize and that's the prize. That's absolutely the prize. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of naivete on our side. People who, despite what they're seeing, um, still believe that the DOJ and FBI will adhere to some sort of principles, some sort of 
<laughs> measure of integrity, uh, at least do what's right for the country and not set it on fire again by indicting a former president. That does not exist in this right. DOJ. That's right. It is not Merrick Garland. It is Lisa Monaco, who is the deputy attorney general, who is a longtime Obama loyalist, worked in the Obama White House the entire time, was one of his closest advisors, was a Russia collusion architect herself. She is running the day-to-day operations at this DOJ. She is the one who wants to finish what they started with Crossfire Hurricane in 2016. The other guy responsible is Matthew Graves, the uh, U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, a Biden um, campaign advisor and Biden appointee. He is a radical. His wife leads a radical left-wing non-for-profit legal foundation in Washington, D.C. She has said really uh, demeaning uh, and made horrible accusations against Trump voters, including calling white women like me racist for voting for him in 2020. This is the man who is running the investigation into January 6th and rounding up now, Monica, more than 900 Americans for mostly nonviolent participation in protesting Joe Biden's election. Those are the truly dangerous people. And that's why they are not going to stop at this. They have no integrity. They are malicious. They are ruthless and they are vengeful. And the big prize to them is Donald Trump and everyone else along the way whose lives are being destroyed are just collateral damage to get what they want. Yes. And they don't care. And for people who say to me, oh, Monica, you're crazy. They're never going to indict Donald Trump. They're not going to arrest him, put him in prison. He's a former president. I didn't vote for him. I can't stand him. But they're not going to do that because that would tear apart the country. To which I say tearing apart the country is in their job description. This is what they do. They're, They're Democrat communists. This is a new Marxist revolution and Donald Trump and the rest of us, Julie, are obviously standing in their way. All right, let's turn our attention to the January 6th uh, defendants because they have been languishing in prison for nearly two years, many of them, and you have been so wonderful and so extraordinary in working with so many of them. What can you tell us about their stories and how are they doing? There are so many stories, Monica, and I would um, I would ask people like my book, uh, which was published this past January, uh, January six, how Democrats use the Capitol protests to launch a war on terror against the political right. That starts to tell the story about how they started holding these political prisoners, how they opened a political prison in Washington D.C., set aside part of the D.C. Department of Corrections only to hold Biden protesters languishing mostly in solitary confinement conditions. Uh, There are several men, uh, I believe right now, 80 who have been held, who are being held in pretrial detention. This means denied bail. Several of them, Monica, face no violent charges. Uh, These are the alleged militia men, the Proud Boys or Oath Keepers, who nonetheless don't face weapons charges, face no assault charges, not even vandalism charges. But yet these judges have signed off on pretrial detention motions uh, filed by the government claiming that they are a danger to society simply because they participated in the events of January 6th. In the case of the Proud Boys, just real quickly, um, Judge Tim Kelly, a Trump appointed judge, by the way, his judges are as bad as the Democrat appointed judges. That's a story for another day. Um, Judge Tim Kelly has held at least five Proud Boys Uh, in pretrial detention while at the same time delaying their trials. Their first trial is now scheduled for the end of December. That means some of these men will be held behind bars, denied bail for almost two years before they have a chance to go to trial and defend themselves. This is clear constitutional violations up and down the board. It is inhumane. And unfortunately, as I keep saying, these judges are ultimately responsible. And um, this is what has been happening. They are political prisoners, not just the ones who are being held in pretrial detention, but now the ones who are being sentenced either by plea agreements or quick unanimous jury uh, guilty verdicts, which has happened in every single jury trial. You have police, uh, you have people who are accused of Minor assaults on police officers who nonetheless are being sentenced to seven, 10 years in prison with domestic terror enhancements um, suggested by this DOJ. It is absolutely stunning to watch in real time. And Monica, I also have to uh, point out the Republican leaders 
where have they been? Mm. Nowhere. Mm -hmm. They have sat on their hands for the most part and let this happen because they are too cowardly to come out and say anything uh, that would contradict the group think and the running narrative about January 6th. The other reason the government can get away with this is because they know there's no tough Republican leadership on the other side to stop them from doing it. You know, you, you mentioned that Marjorie Taylor Greene, I know, has gone to the prison. I think Jim Jordan has gone. Are there other members of Congress who have been helpful on those cases? Um, Jim Jordan has not gone. Okay. Um, Jim Jordan has been extremely limited in his uh, uh, criticism of what this DOJ is doing related to January 6th. But uh, setting that aside, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Andy Biggs, Paul Gosar, Louis Gohmert, mm. Matt Gates. Um, Troy Nels, these have been the handful of Republican House members, not a single U.S. Senator, I will also add, but these this is the handful of Republican House members who have visited the jail. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Louis Gohmert basically broke into the D.C. jail because jail officials repeatedly refused to allow them in to the prison to not just see the January Sixers, the entire condition of that jail, which was horrific, and they issued a report on it. But otherwise, the silence of Republicans has been absolutely deafening when it comes. And I'll tell you, I talked to these detainees, their families and their defendants. They're not only disgusted that Republican leadership hasn't stepped up and said much, neither has Donald Trump. And so that needs to change immediately. And what if Republicans take over the House uh, and Senate, they need to do more than write mean letters about DOJ and FBI abuses. They need to do very dramatic things. Yes. Because I, this will only accelerate in the face of their weakness. I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Julie, but two January 6th defendants have committed suicide while in custody. Is that right? Um, we no, not in custody. Three, uh, three have committed suicide, um, but uh, that was that's just because of this vengeful prosecution. Uh, they did not want to spend years in prison. That this DOJ has been threatening for nonviolent felony like obstruction. Um, but no one in custody has committed suicide. Okay. Well, evil is the only word for any of this. I mean, the fact that we've lost three people because they just could not stand to to take what was coming at them at the hands of their own government is just completely outrageous. And these prison sentences completely disproportionate to to their violations. The whole thing is just so outrageous. Okay, Julie, please sit tight. We'll be right back. Can you talk, if you would, I want to switch gears a little bit, but it's all interrelated. Let's take a step back, Julie, and talk about the depth of corruption at the DOJ and FBI, um, and also in the court system as well. You talk about these rigged juries and these judges. But I want to start with the Fed's role on January 6th, including the mysterious Ray Epps. But also now we have the government admitting in trial that the Oath Keepers, which was a separate organization, but that the government had at least five confidential human sources infiltrate Oath, the Oath Keepers group uh, as well. So can you walk us through what we know so far about the government's own role in instigating the violence on January 6th? Um, well, there's still a lot to learn, but we are uncovering as these um, trials uh, start to get underway because the government is filing now last minute motions like they did in the Oath Keepers case, admitting that there were confidential human sources run into this uh, small group uh, before January 6th and working with them on that day. We already know from reporting by the New York Times that there were informants run into the Proud Boys months before January 6th and on the ground with them that day during the first physical breach of the uh, perimeter of the Capitol. Um, you had testimony by Jill Sanborn, who's a top counterterrorism official with the FBI, when Ted Cruz confronted her in January of 2022, asking her numerous times if FBI agents or informants either incited or participated in violent behavior on January 6th. Three occasions, Monica, Monica, she refused to answer the question. Right. She said she could not answer the question. Monica, and I, I also can point people to my reporting on the Whitmer FBI hatched kidnapping and assassination plot. If anyone wants a view 
into what this FBI is capable of doing, the extent to where they will go, the lives that they will destroy to support their political narratives and sabotage an election, which they did in this case again in 2020. Uh, I have extensive reporting on that. There's direct ties between the Whitmer, I call it Fednapping, to January 6th. So that really gives a view into this bureau and what they're capable of doing. So still a lot of unanswered questions, but we're getting little trickles now because they have to tell the court and they are going to have at least one uh, FBI informant testify during the oath, this Oath Keepers trial. There's three scheduled. This is the first major one. Um, so we'll get some more information. But again, the government is trying to conceal this information, Monica. They've asked the court to prevent defense attorneys on cross-examination from asking about personal identifying information, from asking about past or pending domestic terror investigations that they're involved in, i.e. past, meaning the Whitmer domestic terror investigation. So, um, but look, I think that there are attorneys out there and there are reporters who are really digging into, uh, and eventually, hopefully we will expose uh, the deep involvement of not just the FBI, but other federal agencies as well. Well, yeah, and it dovetails to Julie with Pelosi and Schumer turning down President Trump's request for the National Guard. I mean, everybody had fair warning that there was going to be a massive crowd uh, descending on Washington, D.C. that day and that they were going to go to the ellipse and then possibly the Capitol. So they had fair warning and the Democrats turned it down. So uh, all signals are pointing to that this was a giant setup, right? And that they were they were going to use it, leverage it to uh, frame Donald Trump, which of course they have been doing. And you've got characters like Ray Epps, who instead of actually sitting in a jail along with other January 6th defendants, gets a puff piece in the New York Times about what a great American patriot the man is. So it's all the, the lies and the deception goes in every single direction. And everything that we have been told about January 6th has, in fact, been the big lie. You know, that's another inversion of the truth where Donald Trump questioning the results of the 2020 election, that's the big lie when actually the government, the left, the propaganda press, they have been the ones creating and disseminating the actual big lies. Yeah, the Ray Epps thing is so uh, amusing to me because, of course, he's the tip of the iceberg, unexplained, uh, obvious instigator, both on the 5th and the 6th, who yes. remains uncharged. But it's hilarious to watch Democrats. You had Jamie Raskin last week in House Judiciary defending Ray Epps. You know, Jamie Raskin, who calls everyone, even people who weren't there on January 6th, anyone who's sympathetic to the cause, uh, an insurrectionist, a domestic terrorist. But he referred to Ray Epps last week as a poor schmuck trying to get his life back together, condemning Republicans, saying you should you should support him. Why are you vilifying Ray Epps? None of this adds up. So it's really a self-owned by the Democrats who, you know, whether it's Jamie Raskin or Adam Kinzinger or Mondaire Jones, another Democrat who came to Ray Epps' rescue uh, in Congress last week. Really funny to see how they carve him out now as, you know, an innocent and a victim of another quote unquote conspiracy theory when everyone else is a domestic terrorist. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Except it makes sense when we know the truth, as you have been reporting just so fearlessly for so long. Final question for you, and I do want to end with Ashley Babbitt, who was a true American patriot. I believe she was a veteran. She was there on January 6th, and she was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. Can you talk to us about her and about her case? Um, I think that seeing the reaction to Ashley Babbitt's killing that day, um, I think, Monica, early on, that kind of showed me what these people are capable of doing and the the contempt and the inhumanity that they have towards Trump supporters. I mean, Ashley Babbitt uh, entered the building. We know that she tried to stop the video show, stop someone from um, vandalizing that inside, outside the speaker's lobby. There were three Capitol Police officers standing right there who stood down for some reason. You could see behind Ashley Babbitt, there were police and more protesters sort of crowding this area. And you had Michael Byrd, the lieutenant, uh, Capitol Police lieutenant, who was inside there, point his rifle at her, 
no warning, nothing whatsoever. She's five foot two. She's unarmed trying to get through this window that was broken. There's you know, different uh, reasons why her family and others had explained why she tried to go through that window. Um, and he shot her without warning at near point blank range. She died. Uh, she was shot around 245 that afternoon. Obviously, uh, it looked like she died on the scene or on her way to the ambulance. Um, Michael Bird was allowed to conceal his name for months, even though the media and lawmakers of both parties knew who he was. They concealed his name. There was a faux investigation into him. The DOJ immediately cleared him of any civil rights violations, same civil rights division that's going after police for uh, lethal force um, or even excessive force, claiming that they're violating the civil rights of certain defendants. Um, And so they cleared his name right away. His name was concealed from the public for months. He was allowed to go uh, on Lester Holt's show, tell his sob story, portray himself as a hero. And Ashley Babbitt has been absolutely demonized by the media and the Democrats and the left. Um, Quite a reversal of what we usually see in lethal uh, use of lethal force against American citizens. So um, I've interviewed her mother. Um, obviously, you know, there are a lot of Trump supporters who see this as the tragedy that it is, but there will be no justice for Ashley Babbitt or her family. Uh, it will be completely memory hold and um, no one will be held accountable for what happened to her. It's so tragic and it, it's so outrageous and frankly evil and wicked. Mark Twain once said, Julie, that a lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth can get its boots on. And I think, you know, that's more true today than it's ever been. And that's why I want to thank you so much for your intrepid, fearless work on behalf of these January 6th defendants. I mean, and, and the fact that you wrote this incredible book, which is a record of the truth. Everybody should go get it. It's called January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. It's a very, very important record of the truth. And we need that now more than ever because the deception is in every direction. Julie, you are a true heroine, not just to those J6 defendants, but to all of us who love the rule of law and love this country and want to try to save it. So thank you so much for your relentless fight for justice and the truth and for being here today. You're absolutely fantastic. Oh, Monica, you're so kind. Thank you for covering my work. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Uh, Absolutely, Julie, anytime. Julie Kelly, read her at American Greatness. Follow her on social media at Julie underscore Kelly too, and go get her book. It's called January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. We're in the middle of this. January 6th was one very dangerous episode, but it is going to get worse. The great Julie Kelly. Thank you so much, Julie. God bless. All right. Take care. You too, Monica. You too. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.